Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, you guys. All right, today I want to talk about one of my favorite topics, winter. I am recording this on November 1st, the day after Halloween, and it seems very appropriate to start off our conversation about winter, winter gear, keeping our mood up, seasonal affective disorder, and all the things we can do to enjoy this cold, dark season. Winter is my favorite season. I love it. And I didn't always love it, but once I started to embrace winter and do some of the things I'm going to talk about in this episode, it became my favorite season. And one of the things I love is, I actually love how dark it gets. It really is a time the more in tune I get with my body and its rhythms, I just feel that like the darkness, the cold, of course, I'm in New England, so I have a very cold climate, very season-oriented rhythm. And I love it because it's just, we can settle in. I feel like we can slow down even though we're entering the holiday season and we will talk about slowing down during the holiday season, but it's just so cozy. And I like slow cooked meals and the oven's going all day. So let's jump in though, because seasonal affective disorder is very, very real. And I want to talk about some of the things we can do to mitigate that. And I also want to talk about like what I do to to keep jolly, even though I'm not prone to seasonal affective disorder. I think everybody, especially as we edge into more like February, when like the joy of the holidays is gone and it's just kind of gray, relentlessly gray and kind of depressing for even people who aren't affected by seasonal affective disorder. So the number one thing, literally, if you are grumpy about winter, your kids are going to be grumpy about winter. So I live in New England where everybody's really high on summer and fall. You know, fall, of course, is I think the only reason to live in New England. (laughs) It's just so gorgeous. And then so many people just hate, 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 hate the winter. It's really funny in New England too. Like every time it snows, it's like an emergency and it snows all the time in New England. You'd think we'd be used to it, but we're not. So the very first thing I'd say is like kind of adjust your attitude, especially talking about parenting because our kids really pick up on our vibes. So if you're like, it's so cold, I hate it. Your kids are going to pick up on that and they will be grumpier and have more niggly behavior if that's how you view it. The next thing about winter is you got to get outside. You have to get outside. You have to have that cold air on your face. You need sunlight in your eyes. We know this. And so we're going to talk a lot about the barriers to getting outside, namely good gear. And we'll talk about that in the latter half of the podcast. So the moral of the story here today, though, is put your own oxygen mask on first, right? Like they tell you on the plane, you got to put yours on first. So you need to take care of yourself as well. So we as parents, particularly we as moms, tend to put ourselves second for everything, self-care, physical care, good nutrition, good sleep, and gear. I'm going to talk a lot about that phenomenon in a few minutes. (laughs) So as we head into this, I always think of Halloween as like the gateway to the holidays, right? From here on forward, we enter party season, we enter festivities and celebrations, and we enter candy, junk food, eating, party food, celebratory food, richer food, these kinds of things. So the very first thing I look out for in the winter is food, light, and sleep. And I'll I'll talk more about all of these. If you have 
a harsh winter wherever you live, you know, and of course, some of you are tuning in from California or someplace sunny where you don't necessarily have a harsh winter, or you may have access to sunlight all year round. Just about everybody is chronically low on vitamin D. And I know people will warn you about the dangers of overdosing on vitamin D. So I always encourage people to get their levels checked. I have never met a person, particularly in a place that has bonafide winter, that isn't low on vitamin D. The position of the sun, the hours of the day, the cold preventing sun on on more surface area of skin, we're just chronically low. So I definitely first off look for my vitamins and vitamin D is top. Vitamin D must be paired with vitamin K and it must be with fat. It is fat soluble and it is of course produced endogenously by UV rays of sunlight which hit the skin and trigger vitamin D synthesis. So you really should kind of you can store a little bit of vitamin D. You can't store a whole year's worth, but you know, in the summer, we are chronically low because we also use a lot of sunscreen. We use sunglasses so we don't get the sunlight directly in our eyes. And so you definitely want to check your vitamin D levels because you will feel depressed. You will feel depressed. Your head will get a little funky. You may be lethargic, grumpy. All these things can be indicative of low vitamin D levels. So make sure you keep those up. And I don't think that's any big secret, but it is worth knowing that it is fat soluble. So don't just slug it with a glass of water and think you're all set. It won't get to where it needs to go unless it's riding on some fat. Also for me personally, I look out when we were in the pandemic, I took a lot more vitamin C than I I was used to because the reports were coming out that, you know, that was better outcomes with high levels of vitamin D and vitamin C. I don't usually take a lot of vitamin C otherwise. I do pay attention to zinc. And I learned this back when I was performing on stage. Many, many directors would really lay into us about getting enough zinc during the winter months because that really is better for your immune system than vitamin C. I personally eat a lot of bone broth, uh, bone marrow, and liver also in the winter because those liver is just going to be like your best multivitamin you can get and bone marrow too. I just, it's super nutritious. So those are the things that I pay attention to. I have talked a bit about how I eat and I do intend on doing a whole episode on why I eat the way I do. But for now, (laughs) I just really love slow cooked meals. I love keeping my Dutch oven. I have an orange Dutch oven that is like, I love it. I just love the visual of it. I love keeping it on my stove. I love just dipping into, you know, a roast or short ribs or beef shank and having a rich, thick, nutritious broth. To me, that like is just winter. (laughs) I am so, 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 so passionate about local and seasonal. So in New England, that really brings us back to, you know, whatever I have canned from the summer and fermented. I eat a lot of root vegetables, winter squashes, pumpkin, butternut squash, potatoes, sweet potatoes. Those are my starches. And I do long fermented sourdough, which means I ferment it for a couple of days. And that doesn't seem to affect me poorly with the gluten and the bread and the grains. Typically, I stay away from grains and flours. It just makes me feel better. And I, again, I'll do a whole podcast. That's a whole nother subject. I want to say a quick note because this drove me a little crazy this Halloween season and it sort of blew my mind and I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, but I kept seeing influencers talking about candy and I am all about Halloween, especially eat the candy, eat all the candy, eat it all so you puke, you know? And I was always like, get the candy out of the house. Like here, have more, like have it 
celebrate it. And then by the end of the week, it should be gone or, you know, metered out. But I started to see a lot of like introduce candy early, have candy with every meal. It's part of a good relationship with food. And this was driving me crazy. Having been a woman who grew up in the 1980s, I don't know any women who have escaped diet culture, have escaped any sort of funky relationship with their food. And I'm now in a place where I have a great relationship with food. I love food. I love to eat. (laughs) I have a very, very good relationship and, and I worked my way to that. But I think it's really worth noting that I'm not opposed to sweets and treats. And I think especially baked at home with love, with your children, where you can, you know, maybe cut back a little on the sugar, use some different flours that might be healthier, but use regular ingredients that you know, not a list of really strange ingredients, right? It's not necessary to eat mass-produced junk food to have a good relationship with food. It really isn't. And I think that's a weird mixed message. And I think the thing that we really want to do is that you want to hear your body. You know, when we talk about intuitive eating and having a good relationship with food, you want to hear your body speaking to you. You want to hear the signals that your body is giving off. And the body is unbelievable. It's so miraculous. And the signals are there if we can hear it. But we have to know that entire corporations with hundreds of thousands of scientists are creating food-like products that are specifically meant to trick your brains and your taste buds. Like specifically, there's an industry term called bliss point, And this is where your dopamine is released and it brings you to just can't eat one, right? And that is engineered to trick your brain and body. This will mess with your true signals and it will make it more impossible to have a good relationship with food. For some people, it will be really impossible if you have an addictive tendency or how it lights up the brain. So I think it's just worth noting that corporations are against us in this particular area. So anyway, I say this because this is the season. This is the season, right? It's a gateway to the holidays, to celebrations, a lot of party, party eating. And so I think that's great. And I never have been restrictive at parties. I've never been restrictive with Pascal. I think it's possible to have sweets without being restrictive, but not giving them at every single meal. And we want to do what we can at home so that we can have these celebrations, right? If you're having a treat with every single meal, it's not a treat. It's not celebratory, right? So we do want to reserve celebratory treats for those celebrations. And I think it's really important to do what we can at home and keep home sort of, I mean, I'm using these terms, even though I wouldn't use these terms with my kid, right? Like healthy, clean, whatever you want to call it. I think it is important to eat as nutritionally dense. Let's go with that. Nutritionally dense at home so that you can have all those parties and fun and party eating. But this is more than a relationship with food. This is your literal immune system. And in a season that we know that we all get sicker, that people do get more depressed, that we do have more anxiety, let's put everything in our corner to make ourselves more joyous, more calm, more regulated, and our immune systems really robust. And food really does affect that. And lower quality food, less nutrient dense food does lower your immunity. And so we really want to keep an eye on that for these winter months, because you want to be, you just want to be calm and regulated through the holidays, right? But more importantly, I want my immune system to be as robust as possible. On that note, let's move into the second thing I really focus on going into winter, which is sleep. Sleep, 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 sleep. I love sleep. I got up this morning, like excited to go to sleep tonight. That's how much I love sleep. I've preached to you guys forever (laughs) about sleep, more sleep and more sleep. 
it's the best thing you can do for self-care is get more sleep. And we are chronically underslept. Of course, you have little guys. Of course, we have kids who puke in the middle of the night. Of course, we have all kinds of things, but we have to fight. We have to fight to get good sleep. And winter sleep, I feel like is the best. I don't know. Winter sleep to me is like pregnancy naps. I had the best naps when I was pregnant. Like, oh my God, it was like floating on clouds. I still remember. It was so great. (laughs) Now, I call this the season of dark, right? It's just the season of dark. And if we really honor the seasons and go with the cyclical nature seasons and cycles of nature, this is our rest and repair, right? If we go back a couple hundred years, we would have been tending to the farms. Harvest would have been so incredibly heavy work and butchering and canning and preserving food. And then nothing. We got, we have winter. We rest. We recover. We do our own little hibernation and it gets dark. It gets dark so early. And so I just love it. And typically, you know, most of the year I wake up at around 345 to get all my stuff done. But now I can really feel the pull. Like I can't even go to my favorite obstacle course class because I would have to get up too early and I just feel the need for more sleep. Me personally, I'm very sensitive. My melatonin releases when the sun sets, which is what it's supposed to do, which is awesome, except when the sun sets at 4.30, it's ridiculous. (laughs) So like my body wants to sleep at five o'clock. So I have to kind of pull myself to stay awake a little bit longer. I'm sure you guys know sleep hygiene, but let's just go over a few things. You want it to be cool in your room. So I know with the winter months, it gets cold. If you're like me, you are liberal with the heat. I was just talking to a friend. I was dirt, dirt poor when I was a kid. We were really poor for about five years, like holes in shoes kind of poor. And we didn't have heat. And now as an adult who has some disposable income, I'm just, I'm like, put it on 85. Woohoo! <laughs> like a, a rapper with their Benjamins. Uh, like I always crank the heat up. But at night, you want it to be cool. And I, in my little tiny stone cottage, I didn't know this moving in because I forego an inspection because I bought my house in the middle of the pandemic and it was such a great price. <laughs> so I forego an inspection. I actually don't have heat in my upstairs. So it's actually naturally quite cool. It gets in the winter, it can be like 40 degrees, but I have a mattress warmer. So I warm up my mattress, then I shut it off when I get into bed. <laughs> I have this whole song and dance and I also do sauna, which warms me up. But you want a cool environment overnight. I'm sure you know this, but this is really hard to stick to, right? No blue light a few hours before bed. So you can get blue light glasses. They even have some fairly cheap ones now, even at like, I don't know, we have a place called Jabla. I I don't know what the rest of the country has, but it's sort of an all over. It's not a dollar store, but it's not, it's just random. It's really random stuff for cheap and they have blue light blockers. You could do that. One of the things I always say too is I shut down my phone around 7, 7.30. I don't pick up messages. I really shut everything down. I don't engage. So even if you are scrolling, you can scroll, but try not to get into like fights. Try not to comment, right? And I have always told anytime I'm in relationship, I do not have hardcore conversations after eight. I just don't. Nothing good comes of it. I'm too tired. I'm too emotional. So you don't want to wind yourself up, you know, right before bed. And especially our littles, we want everything to be calm, right? It's really good to not eat a couple of hours before bed so that your body can go into rest and digest. Otherwise, you know, you might have a more fitful sleep if you eat right before you go to bed. But I'm sure as adults, you might have figured that out, but it does help even with kids. I've said this numerous times for me personally, if I eat sugar, I wake up in the middle of the night with like a really weird anxiety, like just kind of heart palpitations, nothing's wrong, just like... (gasps) 
just a little out of breath. And so maybe pay attention to that. That might be true for you too. I know sometimes we try to like have a little something from the snack cupboard. Uh, maybe this week it's a, a little bite-sized candy bar from your kids, the Halloween candy that they might not miss, but just be aware of that because it really disrupts your sleep. And I always do in the winter too. I'll talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes, but like candles, soft lighting. So I don't like bright overhead lights. I don't have a lot in my tiny cottage. <laughs> the lighting situation's a little off as well as the heat, <laughs> but I really appreciate like candlelight. And that goes a long way with your kids too. And just signaling, we want to cue both ourselves and our kids. Like it's nighttime, it's settled down. Something about candlelight invites softer speaking. And of course, please, please, please get good candles. You know, junky candles with fragrance are endocrine disruptors. You may not care about that now, but trust me, when you go through menopause, you will. So get like good soy candles that don't have a lot of crack in them. And twinkle lights. I love twinkle lights. And we'll talk about that in, in one second with holidays and a full spectrum light. So I have a full spectrum light and I also have a, it's not a full spectrum. I don't know what it's called. Oh, it's to like do, redo your circadian rhythm is to get sunlight on your face to, to try to activate the vitamin D. And so I use that in the morning. It looks like a picture frame and it just shines light. I actually even get a little bit of color on my skin. And I like that because again, I am so sensitive to the dark. Like as soon as it's dark, my body's like, I'm for sleep. You go to bed. <laughs> and so waking up so early, sunrise is so late, and we haven't even done daylight savings yet as of this recording. But then also at night, because I have to sort of trick my body into staying up slightly longer than I probably would have 200 years ago, because I just have, my body just signals the melatonin is ridiculous when I go, when it gets dark. Twinkle lights. Let's talk about twinkle lights, because to me, twinkle lights mean holiday, even though I keep twinkle lights in my house all year round. As we enter into the holiday season, I encourage every year I beat this drum. I don't know if you listen to me or not, but every year I try to lower everybody's expectations. Slow down, slow down, really examine the holidays. Every year, Pascal and I started this about three years ago and we went to a $5 Christmas. You know, your Christmas tree decorations can get out of hand. You can get them as gifts and everything. Well, you know, if you celebrate with a Christmas tree, whatever it is, decorations, whatever you celebrate in December, the decorations can get out of hand. And it was seeping my joy trying to do the full-blown decoration situation that I did when he was a kid because it was like super fun when he was really little. So I really started to morph into like more intentional decorations, more intentional lighting. We get a smaller Christmas tree. We just started getting a couple of years ago, a real Christmas tree. I am petrified of fire. So my whole life, I've never had a real tree, but I started that and we did cranberry and dehydrated orange with popcorn and those we can give to the birds after we're done. So we just started really bringing Christmas down for ourselves. We decided to do a $5 Christmas with each other, which put a lot of relief for Pascal because he was like, I don't have to spend so much money. <laughs> so we just really scaled down a lot. It really helped with the season. It made the season so much more joyous we focused on what handmade gifts can we give. I love having like a hostess gift. Last year, I canned caramel sauce. I don't know what I'm going to do this year, but like we like doing handmade or cooked items. Oh, I'm probably going to do like little sourdough loaves with my blueberry jam that I made this summer. Just handmade things like that and thinking ahead so that whenever you go to a party or whatever, you have like a hostess gift. So I encourage everybody though, like really slow down Look ahead. Look ahead now. See your school calendar. Ask your kids' teachers like, hey, 
can we talk about what's going to happen in December? Because everybody gets backed into a corner, especially the weekend of like December 14th, right around there is like game on because there's stuff happening at school. Then there's stuff happening at home. There's family stuff. So you just want to kind of check in and get your calendar in line a little bit early so you can be prepared because every year everybody kind of forgets about just how clusterfucky it can get. Same thing that I said with Halloween, leave early when you guys are doing the rounds, partying, holidays, all the things, leave early before your kid maxes out. It'll just be so much more pleasant. Don't be afraid to say no, especially with toxic family members. If you don't want to go, if it's going to bring you no joy, you can stand up for yourself. You don't necessarily have to have the family obligation, but you can say no. I just want to give you that soft permission. (laughs) My favorite parenting hack for the holidays and parties is bring your kids PJs, put them in PJs before you put them in the car. That way, when they fall asleep on the way home, they're already for bed. (laughs) So that's holiday stuff. Now let's get to the biggest thing, right? get outside in the winter. There's no such thing as bad weather. There's only bad gear. And I am super passionate about staying outside all winter long. I think I really started to love, I had been a skier my whole life. I stopped skiing when I was doing circus work because I couldn't really afford a crash. And then I went back to skiing as an adult. And I was like, I don't know whose idea this was to go down an icy hill on two blades. (laughs) I had a much bigger fear factor. And then I wanted Pascal to ski because he was a nervous learner. And I looked for things. He was in kindergarten and he was so nervous. He would erase things till they like wore through the paper. I sort of connected some dots and I was like, okay, he needs to see adults making mistakes. How can I show him adults making mistakes? And I was like, oh my God, ice skating and skiing, right? Full blown adults just falling on their asses all day long. So I started him skiing and then we shifted to, we both shifted to snowboarding. And I think that's truly when I started to love winter was when I started snowboarding because I love snowboarding. It suits me. I'm very good at it. It's like dancing and surfing. I don't know. I love it. So having something to look forward to in the winter, I think is really important. And also like if you live in a place like New England where it doesn't snow constantly, you know, it's not Colorado, it's not the border of Canada in Maine, (laughs) but it snows intermittently enough that people think they can get away with no snow. And so having a winter sport or a winter, something that you love makes snow like that much more fun. Kids love snow. I don't think you have to convince kids to love snow, but for us as adults, it just kind of keeps you like, oh yeah, it's going to snow instead of like, it's going to snow. Right. (laughs) So the biggest thing I would say is the biggest, you know, barrier to winter sports or just being out on nature hikes or whatever is good gear. So let's talk about it. First of all, put your own oxygen mask on first. The amount of moms I see out in the snow with jeans and like a spring jacket with eight sweaters underneath with like plastic bags over their feet with their sneakers. They don't even have winter boots. It's unbelievable. I see moms all the time. We put ourselves last, but you're in charge. And you have to stay warm. And a lot of times you're not even sweating because you may be at the bottom of the hill talking to other moms while the kids are all sledding and getting sweaty and staying warm. So if you're just kind of monitoring things, you might be very cold. So definitely get your own stuff first. And the, the great thing about us is we're done growing. So you can probably go get better gear that will last you a really long time. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through First, what you kind of need for gear, what I think you need for good gear, and then I'll go with brands, and then I'll go with like how to get these on the cheap or cheaper. This is for your average 
person, guys. Like I hike the White Mountains in the fall and winter. That's like dangerous conditions. I have some gear that is like top of the line winter gear, you know, set for like 40 below zero. So as you increase in intensity or extreme sports, you're obviously going to need different gear. This is for your average. This is for sledding a full day out in the snow, or even just really cold weather. And you just want to go like on a nature walk, or you just want to be out in the yard. So I'm not talking about like super fancy gear here, but you always want a base layer and a base layer should be thermal underwear or some sort of heat technology. So when we try to skimp on gear, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll use cotton. Cotton PJs are often very popular. People put a layer of cotton PJs. You don't want cotton in the winter. Cotton is the kiss of death on mountains. It soaks up water, but it doesn't wick it away. So it just gets cold. Literally, people die if they're wearing cotton. So obviously, your child probably won't die in the backyard. But you don't want cotton because they will sweat even in the snow. And it will just soak up the moisture and make them cold, not hot. This goes for PJs too, like winter PJs. So I love Hannah Anderson PJs. She's one of my favorite brands because her sizing... I think it's super high quality. When I ran a consignment store, I would get third generation Hannah Anderson and it was still in pristine condition. The way it's made is super thick and cozy. I love her PJs, but even at night, cotton PJs can be cold because again, you sweat at night. I have never liked PJs. I have always slept in the nude since I was like 10. (laughs) So I don't like pajamas at all, but I do like her pajamas for lounging and just, you know, being cozy at night. But for your base layer to go outside, so thermal underwear, you can go to Walmart, you can go to Target, and they have quote unquote thermal underwear. And it's got that sort of waffle fabric, right? But it's not necessarily, you really want to buy a high quality thermal. And that would be like Land's End, North Face, Patagonia, Columbia. You want to get it from a brand like that, not from just like Target or Walmart, because it will be cheaper and it won't be the actual thermal. Thermal is going to take the moisture from your sweat and wick it away. That is what wool does too. So I highly recommend wool as a base layer. Wool is probably going to be a little pricier than thermal. I like merino wool, which is almost everything now is merino wool and it's super soft. It's not like the old kind of wool that makes you think of like scratchy sweaters. It's super soft, but it is a little pricier than good thermal. And a lot of brands now like Under Armour, Columbia, they have heat technology. So they have these really thin, like, gosh, when I was a kid and you got bundled up for the winter, you looked like you ever see a Christmas story, you know, Ralphie's little brother, when he's all bundled up and his arms can't even go down at his side and he kind (laughs) of tips over and he can't get back up. That was from layers and layers, but now they've made it so that the layers are super thin and there is heat technology. And it's almost like a reflective layer that's close to your skin. And then it looks like just like a shirt or a jacket that comes in base layer stuff too. So you could get those. Again, I think when you have kids, it's really tough because they grow so fast. So you, in these, you want to definitely buy like a size or two above. So they'll last you a couple of seasons, but the base layer is pretty important and it doesn't have to be, everything doesn't have to be high, you know, the best super high end quality, but I think your base layer, you don't want to mess around. Now your outer layer, we're all familiar with the outer layer, your snowsuit, your snow pants, whatever that is. One thing I look for now is waterproof. And again, waterproof is actually harder to find than you might think. You actually just have to look for the tag that it says waterproof, because that's going to go a long way, especially if your kids love being outside. You know, if you go on a nature walk, they're going to want to be by the the stream if it's not frozen, or they're going to want to be in the snow all day long. Waterproof is key. 
I even bought something at REI that said waterproof and I wore it out in a rainstorm and I got wet and I had bought it for a hike in the White Mountains. And thankfully I returned it. I ended up getting waterfowl hunting gear, which I don't hunt waterfowl, but they hunt waterfowl in hurricanes. So it's super 100% waterproof. Definitely to like test your stuff. And if it says waterproof and it's not, bring it back. (laughs) Outer layers also have that heat technology. It's really amazing what they've done with clothes now. One thing with outer layers is you kind of want to think about like, where do you get cold? So if you get cold in your lower extremities, you want like really good pants. If your butt gets cold, I'll talk about the ass jacket in a minute, but you might want a longer coat, like a snowboarding coat or something like that, or even those like longer parkers. I know a friend of mine just was miserable all winter long and she invested in Canada Goose, which is like ridiculously expensive. She invested in the full length parker and now she never goes inside, never goes inside. She was like, it was the best purchase, even though it was like a mortgage payment, it was the best purchase ever because she just can be outside forever. Outer layers for kids, bib overalls. You want overalls, you guys, except for the newly potty trained. <laughs> it's tough to potty train in the wintertime, but the bib overalls are also going to get you a couple of seasons, right? Because I know even with Pascal, he was so lean. Buying pants for him was so incredibly hard. So we had to get the bib overalls because he was growing up, but he wasn't growing out. And we would go in, holy crap, we would go into a store and all the snow pants would just literally fall off of him. Like I couldn't keep them on. And he didn't like the feel of suspenders, but the bib overalls worked really, really well. So I think they're great. I also think they're great for adults. And so I switched over to bib overalls. I was snowboarding one year and I wasn't, I didn't have bib overalls and I looked super cute in my whatever I was wearing. And I fell, I was on a black diamond and oh, I was right under the chairlift, which is the worst. And I fell and with snowboarding, it's really hard to get purchased. Like you can't get, it's hard to stop yourself. So I literally was just going down on my butt and the snow that went up my back and up my jacket, I was like, never again. So bib overalls really do keep you warmer. They don't create that line where the jacket ends and the pants begin. And if you're in the snow, trust me. The other thing that I see with parents, with moms especially, is I see moms not wearing the right gear because maybe they put on a little weight. I've heard this so many times like, oh, I have a pair of snow pants, but I gained a little weight and I don't want to buy another pair. Just eliminate that and buy the bib overalls because you can gain weight, you can lose weight, whatever. It doesn't matter. So if you do put on, I don't know, five pounds during the holidays or whatever, you don't have to buy new gear, but don't let your... I mean, I understand financially why you can't always buy new clothes if you gain a little weight or lose a little weight, but buy the bib overalls and eliminate it altogether. That's a a really good solution. The thing about good gear is that it does usually cost a little bit more, but there is a difference, you guys. There's a difference. If your child is in a Target winter coat, it's just not going to be the same quality. It's not going to be the same quality or the warmth as like, you know, North Face, Patagonia, Hannah Anderson, Oki, Smart Wool. REI, Columbia, you want like a sports company. You want a company that specializes in outdoor gear, at least for a couple of pieces, because it's just not going to be the same quality if you get it at just a regular department store or like Target or Walmart. I would say, you know, for when you're deciding on really good pieces is decide on like, you know, there's two categories here, parents and kids. For parents, what is your coldest thing? So when I figured out really, and I had seen these in the ski shops forever, I had seen the ash jackets, which if you follow my Instagram, I did a whole little thing on the ash jacket. It's like jacket material and it's a skirt. 
So it just keeps your ass warm, which is awesome because that's the thing that gets like, I feel like my butt gets so cold in the winter. Like if you were to take a chisel, you could just take my ass off with chiseling. (laughs) Like it'd be a block of ice. And I don't know if like maybe fat freezes faster than muscle. I don't know. But my butt is always cold and my fingers and toes are always freezing. I don't have rhinods, but I have some sort of circulation issue that my extremities get very mind numbingly cold first. So that's what I spend my money on. My mittens are my most expensive gear because I cannot be out there. I was miserable snowboarding and I invested in super duper high quality mittens and they are the best. And if you touch my mittens, I will kill you. No child is allowed to even try them on. They stay with me. I also, it's not an investment because they're fairly cheap. I got heated socks, which are amazing. I have a foot condition in the winter. It's a it's a long story, but my feet can't get too hot or too cold. So I got these heated socks and they're a game changer. And then, you know, my little ass jacket, which is awesome too. So think about what is the coldest and buy your gear according to that, you know, good socks. I forgot to put that on the list with the base layers, like get your child and you like, even if it's just one pair of good wool socks, and those are your outside socks. And the great thing about wool is that it you can wear wool many, many times in a row and it won't stink. It's almost like self-cleaning. Wool is the most amazing thing. So I would spend money on like one pair of good wool socks and that will keep your feet nice and, and toasty and dry. Okay, let's go on to brands. Here are some brands. This is not comprehensive. If you guys want to share your favorite brands on Instagram or something, that'd be awesome. These are the brands that I know, I love, and I trust. So it's not comprehensive. I don't get any money from these brands. These are the ones that I have direct experience with. So my favorite are Smart Wool. I love Smart Wool products. They're very well made and everything's merino wool. Like I said, these pieces tend to be a little pricier. So I've collected them like one at a time. For most people, I think it's not it's not doable to just go on and be like, hey, but if I won the lottery, that is what I would do. <laughs> I go to Smart Wool first. I do like Columbia and Patagonia. Patagonia has great outerwear. I love Columbia for their heat technology, their base layer heat technology stuff. And again, that's got like a reflective surface almost that is close to your skin. So they tend to be very, very thin. And that's nice. That's nice for kids too. I belong to REI as a co-op. So I love REI stuff and Hannah Anderson. I don't do much Hannah Anderson now, but I did when Pascal was little. Her snowsuits, again, a little pricey, but I got three seasons out of her snowsuit. He was two, three, and four, and he had the same snowsuit. So it really does last for a very long time. Their sizing, I don't know what is so magical about her sizing, but even her PJs, they last like two to three seasons, depending on how fast your kid grows. And the thing about like Patagonia, Smartwell, Hannah Anderson, these brands, they have high resale value. So however you choose to resell them, they will fly almost at the price you paid for them. So I always look at that too, because that's important. Okay. Now, because I keep saying this, like these things are a little bit pricier. So what do you do if you don't have the the finances right now? Don't forget consignment stores, consignment stores, consignment stores. They're online now. Look in your area. They always pop up. Facebook Marketplace, eBay, outlets. If you live near outlets, or even if you're a couple of hours away from some outlets, it's worth the trip. I remember one year we went to the Columbia outlet. I live fairly close to the Rentham outlets and Bentham, I think, might be in Massachusetts. We're so close to other states in Rhode Island, I forget. 
But I went in February, things were on clearance, and I got Pascal and I completely base layer, outer layer, snow, snowboarding gear. I got both of us outfitted for like $175. It was crazy. So take advantage too, if you can, the year before. That's always a good hit too. Facebook Marketplace, yard sales, Goodwill and Savers. One trick I always did, I, I did this when we first started using Goodwill when I was like in my, I think it was probably like my senior high school, we really started to get into using Goodwill. But one thing I know, and I know this only too, because I had a consignment store. You want to go to the Goodwill and the Savers or whatever you have in the really nice neighborhoods because <laughs> they have the better gear. So go to the nice neighborhoods and go to their secondhand stores because I got the best stuff where my secondhand kid store was located. I was right near Brown University in RISD. And I was also near like the really high end of Rhode Island. And so I got like the fanciest, hippest clothes because I always had like incoming because of residents and the teaching staff at Brown and RISD. I got this like super hip crowd. And then I got this like super rich crowd. That was awesome. I had all this like really good stuff. And so people would travel to come to my store because I had the best stuff. So that's just a tip. Like I said, pick the pieces that you need the best. If it's your hands that are consistently cold, spend the money on the mittens. If it's your toes, spend the money on the heated socks. Whatever's making you miserable, try to fix that part. It will be really worth it. Another brand I don't have experience with, but I originally aired an episode very similar to this one on Patreon. And somebody had commented that there's a company called Minus 33, and they're based in New Hampshire, and they have a really good mission statement. And another patron had commented to be careful with wool because a lot of times you can't dry wool. It felts up. I am wearing an alpaca wool sweater as we speak. I love it so much. It's got holes in the elbows and I won't get rid of it, but it was like really long and I just kept drying it till it was felted up and fit me really well. <laughs> oh, wait, let's go back to gear because I forgot about Oki. O-A-K-I. They do rain gear. I did an interview with Chantel Zimmerman and she runs Sensory Garden and Play. She's a forest school director. If you go to her Instagram, which is at Sensory Garden and Play, you can see all the kids have unbelievably great rain gear and they're always playing in the mud. So one of the barriers to us allowing our kids to do the big play, to be outside, to do the sensory stuff that all our kids really need right now, in particular right now, after the pandemic and all of that, is the right gear. The right gear too, so that you're not just cleaning up muddy clothes. And so rain gear is really, really important. And they're like rain overalls. And and so Oki has some really great ones. And even I have REI makes just a light waterproof outer layer that can be fantastic. You don't get soaked at all. I got a cap with like ear covers and a baseball visor. I look like a grandpa in it, but it keeps me totally dry when I'm on the trails and it's raining. So rain gear can be great, especially like as we head in, we're not quite in winter yet, but the days are a little chillier and it might be wet and cold. So you want the rain gear to be waterproof. And then a few random things to make winter gear a little easier. Switch your kids' clothes because you want to eliminate any fights about inappropriate gear. And when I was a kid, I don't know if people do this anymore or I just stopped doing it. But when I was a kid in New England, we had bins and you changed your clothes. Like once the weather got cold, I think now we just layer things more. So maybe we don't have such defined winter, summer clothes. Like you can wear a summer dress over leggings and under armor or something like that, right? And it can, ta-da, it's winter. But I don't see a lot of people doing this, but you want to switch out your summer clothes and your winter clothes. So that way with your littles, you don't have this fight of like, 
it's snowing, honey. No, you can't wear your shorts today. (laughs) So that can really, really help. It can also help confusion and choice paralysis in the morning. So they just have the gear that is appropriate. If you can buy extras, buy extras now before it's all gone, you know, mittens, gloves, hats, the things that kids tend to lose. I think it's okay to have cheaper pairs. For Pascal, I always had a good set of something for when we were out in the snow or snowboarding, but like for every day for school, you know, just cheap, whatever, because they weren't staying out that long at recess. Have a whole basket full of gloves. Make sure you get a couple of things of the same color and texture so that your child, if they do lose a glove, you have another one and kids are, can be sensitive to the texture, if not the color. Don't forget that mittens are warmer than gloves. The body warmth from each finger touching each other. So I know gloves can feel like you have more dexterity, but mittens are going to be much warmer. I don't know if you know this or not, but the mitten trick that I had when I was a kid, I don't see it very often. So I think it's gone out of style is you take a long piece of yarn or string and you tie that into the jacket so that the yarn goes down the sleeves and then you tie the mittens to it. And so the mittens stay in the jacket even when it comes off. And that's a great way to not lose all the mittens and gloves. And I consciously was saying mittens because I like saying that now instead of mittens, which is what everybody else says in New England. (laughs) Mittens. And I'm saying mittens. It's a fun word to say. All right, guys, that is all I have on beating the winter blues, getting outside, the right gear. I hope that was helpful. And like I said, if you want to chime in on Instagram and give me your brands, I would love to highlight everything. But most importantly, use this season, use this season to get some rest, to really honor the cycle of nature. Yeah. And I want to give you full permission to get cozy, to slow down, to do whatever it is you need to do to keep yourself again, calm, regulated, joyous, and keep your immune system alive and kicking and really robust. As always, I appreciate you. Rock on. Okay. Bye everyone. Just a reminder, if you need additional resources, I have Oh Crap Potty Training. I have Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Those books are available everywhere you want to find a book. (laughs) You can also go to my website, jamieglowacki.com, where you can book private sessions with me, buy any of my courses. Those are really geared towards potty training help. And also I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore and I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, jamie.glowacki, and I do a lot of lives and uh, usually posting a lot of good information. So those are extra resources for you. And as always, rock on. Have an awesome day.